the final moment is the sickest, most berserk. You will get out, out you will launch out of your chair and run outside when you see this last moment. Okay. It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. And it is Car Con Carney, the world's only food podcast recorded in a car. That car is a Mazda 3. It's my Mazda 3 parked on Armitage, like the uh, 3300 block of West Armitage. And uh, before we begin the show, I should mention, you know, as I'm recording tonight, uh, I'm recording in mid-March. It's looking like snow tomorrow, but that's going to pass quickly. And soon enough, it's time to get your lawn in order. And Gleason's Landscape is the company to set you right for the summer. They've been beautifying America one house at a time since 1954. They are family owned and operated. Look them up on Facebook. Do yourself a favor. See some of their work and feel free to contact them for your free estimate. That is Gleason's Landscape. My guest, sitting shotgun, Mike McBeardo McPadden. He is an author. He is a writer without peer. And he's also a vegan (laughs) Which brings us to our location this week. You picked it. Where are we at? We're at Ground Control on Armitage, which is uh, delicious vegan food that, uh, to me, tastes perhaps even better than the real versions of what they serve. So you get a lot of chicken wings. I'm going to have an Asian barbecue sandwich. And the fries are, you want to talk without peer, these fries are without peer. So... I guess what surprises me the most, you're the man who wrote the book, Heavy Metal Movies. Yeah. You are you are the rock guy. You are the metal guy. You yeah. are the horror guy. Everything about you, even your attitude, screams red meat to me. Scre- well, <laughs> yes. Yes, as did my blood pressure and cholesterol. All right, well, okay, so, that yeah. leads to my question. Uh, was Is the veganism relatively new? Was it uh, I'm about I'm about six weeks in, and... Uh, the health stuff I just go with for the obvious reasons. Yes, I am a 17 years sober, 270-pound, gigantic tattooed vegan. <laughs> and um, basically what it is is uh, I have a couple of little dogs, and I love them very much. And at one point I saw a photograph of a piglet that had been killed and put in a little uh, hamburger styrofoam for a supermarket somewhere. And I, I assume this was in Europe, and people told me they have them at Cermak. You can buy a whole little piglet in a little styrofoam <laughs> hamburger nope. thing with uh, cellophane wrap, you know, the, the plastic wrap. And the little pig had a smile on its face and its eyes closed and uh, reminded me of my two little Yorkies. And that was it. And that was about uh, six and a half weeks ago. So that kind of snapped you into the reality it did, of... yeah. And I look at the picture when it's my anchor. I'm learning vegan terms now, so... That's my anchor. When I waver. There was a time in my life, for a long time actually, where I was vegetarian, spent a lot of time going to Chicago Diner, Blind Faith Cafe. Sure. Ate a lot of seitan, a lot of tofu. Yeah. Tempeh. (laughs) I know it well, yeah. The the wheat meat. Yes. Um, Here's the the interesting thing. Uh, We had to pre-order our our food. We're going to be waiting for a while. Uh, 45-minute wait for the food. Heavens to Murgatroyd. But that's what I'm saying. Here's Here's what I'm struggling with, Mike. Yeah. This place is more expensive than places that serve meat. Right. And it takes forever to get the food. Right. Like, on the menu, they have a hibarito, uh, a vegetarian hibarito. I can go down the street to, like, Fullerton and Pulaski and get a hibarito with meat for, like, five bucks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And instantly. Instantly. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. 
<laughs> so that's what I'm struggling with. This, I, I'm afraid this place might be too hipster for me. How can you? T- I mean, what would give you that implication? You're sitting next to a guy with a plaid shirt with glasses and a long beard. You know. Well, the beard. <laughs> yeah, you, there you've you got, go. You've got the Logan Square beard. Yeah, I do. And um, yeah, I uh, I was buying some fake American cheese for my fake bologna sandwich the other day, <laughs> and I, it did occur to me that I could get for that same amount of money, I could get you know three and a half pounds of each of them. Uh, but it's uh, to me, it comes down to that little piglet and my little Yorkies. Totally get it. You know, I wanted to do this show with you for for many reasons. You've always been one of my favorite talk show guests. When I worked at WGN, I loved having you on at like a million o'clock in the morning talking so about talking about horror movies. Really, yeah. In yeah. the in the middle of the night, I credit you, and I've never credited you directly. I credit you for me or my. Reignition of my passion for horror movies. Oh, thank you very much. I'm honored. Here's the thing: I, mean, I had two kids, and I had a lot going on in my life. You know, just trying to get work under my thumb, and just well, I didn't have time to watch movies, and it was frustrating. Every night, you know, when I wasn't working, I was working on finding more work, and I was very busy or taking care of the the kids and the family. So I I went years without watching anything recreationally. Sure. My conversations with you, reading your book, heavy metal movies helped remind me that oh, I really like this stuff. I should be doing this more often. Oh. And so I, this year I've actually rededicated myself to watching horror and you are, you are my, my, my Sherpa, my, my guide, <laughs> my, I am honored. You're am, the guy who will go yeah. on my Facebook and say, you should watch tourist trap again. Yes. Oh yeah. Terrific <laughs> film. Chuck Connors. That's a creepy movie. It's it's like an art film, practically. It really is. From the late 70s, I had completely forgotten that existed. I think I watched that last when I was a freshman in high school. It gets very surrealistically scary at one point, <laughs> um, where the, the mannequins are starting to kind of psychically throw knives and awls and <laughs> carving tools around. There's also, I mean, right up there with, like, the masters of horror, and this is, like, just... Not because the guy who made it was a master, but uh, I think it's a Charles Band film, who I believe is a Chicago guy from Full Moon okay. Pictures, um, where Chuck Connors is coating the wax on the woman's face to turn her mm-hmm. into an attraction at the tourist trap, to trap her permanently as a wax figure. That is really terrifying as he's talking her through the oh, yeah. stages of her dying, inhaling the wax. And, you know, uh-huh. That is, uh, so yeah, powerful stuff there. And that was, uh, I first came across that movie, I was walking my dog in 1980, probably, and it was playing at the College Theater in Brooklyn, where I'm from, on a double bill with a movie called Beyond the Fog. Now, John Carpenter's The Fog had been the big horror release just recently, and I've never actually tracked down Beyond the Fog. That's still out there. It's it's not in any way related. It was a quick retitled cash-in. And the remake on that one, why bother? I, I, yeah, it's, that's one of those things, it's like, they remade that? Like, a studio spent millions of... Like, I, every once in a while it occurs to me, Colin Farrell is in remakes of Total Recall and Fright Night. Right. Who could possibly <laughs> subject themselves? <coughs> He's never watched them. He'll never watch them. Speaking of remakes, I was yeah. actually surprised about this. Um, last night, I took my 15-year-old son to the IMAX 3D theater to see Kong Skull Island. I had so much fun watching this movie. In my wildest dreams, I never thought 
just because it was a remake, it was a Hollywood movie, it had uh, Sam Jackson being Sam Jackson, right. I, I thought in a million years that would not be a movie you'd be into. But you loved it. I did. I mean, and CGI to me is the death of cinema. I mean, I don't think the you know, since that has come into play to me, like movies have ended. I'm not interested. Uh, I have a seven-year-old pal who lives upstairs from me who uh, we, every once in a while we have a guy's night. And he requests a movie, and he requested King Kong, and we went IMAX 3D. Which and, is the only way to see that movie. Yeah, I mean, if I'm going <laughs> to, yeah. as I say, if I'm going to gamble and always lose, <laughs> at least let me see the 3D. I want the full bells and whistles effect and everything. Oh, yeah. And it was great. And I'll tell you, part of what was great was that it all took place during the day. So much of, like, when you watch these action and these blockbusters, it's at night, in the rain, underwater... God, that's with a true. shaky cam. God, that's true. I was watching a little bit once of the Godzilla remake and the uh, Pacific Rim movie, mm-hmm. and it was just like, <clears throat> wow, oh, blur. It was, you know, this is blur the motion picture. Totally true. This movie was so much fun. The the action scenes, the Kong fighting scenes, amazing. It was great. So much fun. D- it did not look to me like a video game, which is what the other thing, you know, the, it, they all looked like video game demo reels to me. No, they they nailed the the characteristics yeah. of the gorilla, yeah. and it, just this island of giant creatures, the giant spiders, yeah. the giant birds, the water buffalo. The I water love buffalo. those guys. Yeah, and uh, you know, it sets up a, a connected universe, which I'm guessing is not something you're into. No, 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 no. That whole, yeah, no, I hear people talking because it's always in the most severe Chicago accent here. Marvel Universe. (laughs) (laughs) And I know, and then he's going to fight Godzilla, and I'm mad already because I know they're going to make Godzilla win. And, uh, yeah, it's, you know, I, I will say this. Watching this with this seven-year-old buried in my armpit because he was terrified. Because there are scary moments. I mean, It's so scary. It's so intense. More so than I expected. And those spiders that I mentioned, those were... Crazy violent. Like, insane. Like, if this had come out in, like, 1980, it would be rated X. Uh-huh. It's totally true. And this is a weird part of the upside-down world we live in where everything is... You know, I hate to use the word politically correct, the term, but here we are. But everything is so hypersensitive. It is. So, you know, picked over. Except I see, like, a Spider-Man movie... And it's like snuff films from the 70s, the level of violence. It's insane. So this kid is, and I was like, this is really nightmarish imagery. Those skull lizards. The, the skull lizards. Yeah. Just the spiders with their, was it their legs? Their legs were like Impaling. spears. Yeah. yeah, they were like spears the size of, you know, like a flagpole at Wrigley Field going through a guy's, you know, cannibal holocaust style through the guy's <laughs> entire body. There's a, there's a great scene in there where um, you know, all this large group got separated on Skull Island, and one of the military guys is completely solo, and he's sitting on a log, and then he realizes that log is just a giant grasshopper. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that was amazing. That was great. Yeah. So, horror movie-wise, here's my great concern. Now that I'm trying to catch up, I'm it's become an obsession of mine. Uh, I'm going to the library every week, getting stacks of DVDs. I subscribe to Shudder. Oh, cool. Yeah. And, you know, I've... Right, trolling through Netflix. I'm afraid at some point the good ones are going to run out. Well, that has been my experience. You know, it's um, every it, at this point, it's every couple of years I find a new one that really grabs me. And I, it's been a while. It's been a while. There was uh, that explosion from France about ten years ago that produced a bunch of modern classics. But since then, 
Uh, it's just too Wait, easy. Was Martyrs one of those? Martyrs would be the apex. It's a good Did family. You watch that. Good oh family God. feature. <laughs> yeah. Martyrs was a film that like my wife had to go into therapy afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> and um, but since then, it's you know very. It's somebody just reminded me of a movie called The Lure from Poland. Uh, that I've been dying to see. I guess it's finally making its way around the States. It's about vampire mermaids in the 1980s. And it's a, it's a horror film, but it's also a rock musical. So wow. this is everything so for many, me. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And it's finally come over from Poland. So just, in, you know. That I, checks all the boxes. Yeah. It's, yeah, 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 that's, yeah. That's it. So I'm excited for that. Did yeah. you like Train to Busan? I didn't see it. I'm stunned. I, you got me. I think yeah. it came out last year. Uh, yeah. South Korean... Zombie oh right, movie. right, right! Yes, I didn't see it. Yes, I, I know the title. Yes, and I know the film. I I enjoyed that. That's good. Uh, yeah. The invitation. I didn't see that one. Yeah, see, I've like gotten cynical here. See, okay, the invitation. Uh, this was recommended to me. It's yeah. on Netflix. It's one of those. I, I've been talking about this with anyone who will listen. One of those great slow burners. Okay, terrific. Um, yeah. The the premise is a dinner party, and a guy right. takes his new girlfriend to his ex wife's house for a dinner party. Um, their marriage ended because their young child died and it was really sad and awful. Right. And they go to this dinner party and it's one of those things where you just have this horrible feeling of dread. Little things happen that are clearly not right, but the way it's told, you think that this guy is maybe just being a dick and everything's overblown. Maybe right. he's just, maybe he just is so freaked out by the death right. of his child and it, it, he's just uncomfortable. But it just, it, it crescendos and I swear to God it has it, a beautifully dark ending that stayed with me the next morning. All right, well, terrific. That that goes immediately on the queue. I, I, I hope yeah. you like it. I, yeah. this, this one left a mark on me. That's terrific. I really yeah. enjoyed it. Uh, the Shutter subscription, I decided to search all on right. that. Right. They don't have a lot. Yeah, yeah. There's I not mean, a lot of depth there. It's, yeah, that's sort of the, the downside of when everything is available, it suddenly seems like nothing is worth watching. God, that is so true. <laughs> All right, so what was the last one that really, like... I liked the movie You're Next quite a bit. A home and, Invasion movie? Yeah. That, and, was, that was a fun one. And I hadn't expected to like that, and I thought that was clever. And, um, gosh, that's already a few years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and there are a couple movies of that ilk. Right. That Home Invasion thing. I saw another one recently that was just like it. I can't remember the name of it, but I thought, I, I just saw that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and that's the thing. When you mention zombies, it's like, I, I'm finished, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, they're not, you know, they're not going to get better with CGI. So, um, yeah. I, I enjoyed the uh, 28 movies, Days and Weeks. Yes. Yeah. But already that's, you know. I guess it's been a while, years huh? ago at this point, yeah. In fact, I would say the sequel is better than the original. Yeah. No, they were, those were very good original takes on that. Yeah. Also, because sort of zombies like, running. That 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 was it. That yeah, was yeah. Well, if you remember, the first time I remember seeing that was in Return of the Living Dead, which completely was amazing when they started running. Wait, was was that the comedy? That's the funny one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's the send more paramedics. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's right. That's the great one with the punk rockers in the graveyard and. I, I should mention you are behind the scenes and actually in front of the scenes sometimes with Gilbert Gottfried's podcast. Yes. Yeah. Um, I handle their social media. I do the Facebook page, and every once in a while, I'll do one of the mini episodes. So that you have the main podcast on Mondays, where they interview, um, you know, a showbiz figure, Jamie Farr, coming up tomorrow. Get out, Corporal Klinger. Yeah, 
and then the mini episodes are about a half hour, and they run on Thursdays. And I just did two in a row of uh, great 70s and 80s horror movie taglines. Now, did you know Gilbert before? No, no. I mean, I, I knew friend? him. No. I worshipped him as a comedian, one of my favorite people ever, and uh, performance-wise. Um, the Aristocrats, uh, that was his movie. Yes, yeah. He, he owned that. Yes, that was, yeah. I mean, he was the genesis of it and the <laughs> apex of it as well. Uh, but I, So I, I've loved Gilbert since I was a kid, you know, like a teenager. Mm-hmm. And um, No, I was listening to the podcast. I noticed that their Facebook page had, at one point, like 60 followers, and there was nothing on it. So I got in touch with Frank Santopadre, who was Gilbert's co-host and a longtime New York comedy writer. And it turned out that he and I had a bunch of people in common, um, including the Friedman brothers, Drew and Josh uh, Allen Friedman, who were amazing. You, you would know Drew's. Uh, he's one of the premier caricaturists and illustrators, you know, the New York Times, mm-hmm. Time Magazine. And then uh, Josh Allen Friedman is his brother. And they... they wrote a book they would put out these comic strips in the 80s uh, like about like uh, you know Abbott and Costello going to hell and things that just you know completely blew my mind so we had those people in common we had a bunch of that and we you know I said to Frank give me one day and if you don't like what I do you know no harm no foul just let me take this over for one day and that was you know three years ago now I love it so and that's how jobs are the, yeah. the dream jobs yeah. are acquired in the yeah, modern era. you got to take the shot. So I took the shot, and it's it's been great. And, uh, yeah, so I've been on the show four times now. and uh, What a thrill. Yeah, it's it's tremendous, yeah. And they sell books for me, so which is, which is great. That's great. So. And, it, again, that book, Heavy Metal Movies, it, it really it, it lit a spark with me. Well, thank you so much. Did, did, looking back, did you ever think about just doing a straight horror compendium? Because you've got the, the heavy metal thread line through the book but it seems like you could have just made a straight up horror book yeah you definitely could have um but then it becomes well what's the angle because to me what was how is it different yeah to me what was interesting was how do i make this all fit into heavy metal Mm -hmm. besides the obvious you have like spinal tap obviously heavy metal Mm -hmm. and then even a horror movie like trick or treat which is a with gene simmons and ozzy osbourne which is about an undead heavy metal rock star, very obviously. <coughs> but how do I get the Texas Chainsaw Massacre to mm-hmm. fit into the metal mold? Which I, it feels like it is to me, but how do I explain it? Right. How long did it take you to put that all together? Three and a half years every day. Right, so you're watching, you're writing. Yes, you're... every day for three and a half years <laughs> that book took. That sounds like a huge undertaking. It was the biggest thing I've ever done in my did life. Did it ever at any point stop being fun? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, it was miserable. And uh, I lost my mind toward the end to the point that, like, you know, my my wife almost had an intervention with friends. Like, this isn't working. Like, this, you can't do this anymore. Well, as a writer, as you're going through these hundreds and hundreds of yeah. movies, I'm sure it's hard. Like, what how what else do I have to say? How else can I yeah. spin words here? And then, like, what have I missed? Uh-huh. Because now with the internet, you will be told where you were wrong and what you missed. That is a delight. Immediately. That is a delight. And louder and more regularly than anything else. Uh-huh. Uh, so th- you have another book on the way. What I want to do, we should pause. I want to go inside and retrieve our food, which I hope is ready. Sure. And uh, I want to talk about the book you've been working on, which after obsessing for three-plus years on one book, why not do it again? <laughs> and I'll tell you this. 
My wife had the same moment of intervention toward the end of this last Oh, my God. I I want to talk about the book that uh, we should be getting from you this year, but uh, we're going to retrieve some vegan food now. Fantastic. Thank you. These are your wings. All right, so we are back in the car. Uh, I got to say, they are the nicest people in there. Lovely. And as you said, healthy. They they all look very healthy in there. Robust, yeah. A lot of beards in there. True, yeah. I was Um, happy to add another one, yeah. uh, But two different women came up to us multiple times, checking on our order, confirming the status of the order. Yeah. Super helpful. Yeah. All right. Send over what my, my thing is. All right. So I got the uh, the tofu wings. They, they do it buffalo style or barbecue style. I went buffalo. And they that is wonderful. Them. And had I really logistically thought about the reality of eating in the car, I would have gotten the wings also. I went for the Asian sandwich with the fries. Here are the napkins. And you swear by the fries. You I do. The fries yes. Are... And I, please, I invite I'm you. I'm going to try one. Here we go. Dive in. Yes. Fry Thank tax you. is all yours. Yeah. Yeah, those were. Happy these are like di- they're like diner fries. Yeah, they seem to have the sprayed-on potato coating, mm-hmm. which is wonderful. Yeah, that's good. And you got the uh, barbecue sandwich. Yeah, which is made. I'm guessing with seitan or seitan or uh, you know something like that. It's yeah, as you said, the wheat meat. Mm-hmm. And it's a mess. I want to so. get a look at this. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh it's, my god. What, f- were, what were you thinking? Yeah. I- <laughs> Because it's oily. It's, yeah, it's, I'm going to dip the fries in the sandwich. Just kind of swab it down? That's how it's going to work. Yeah. There are, I think I have some baby wipes in the yeah. back seat. Well, Might be busting those out. Yeah, might be. Yeah. Oh, that is... What were you thinking? I don't know. <laughs> oh, I don't know, God. James. I just... <laughs> I was thinking delicious. A- as much fun as this is tonight, we're not shaking hands at the end no, of the night? No, no. Yeah. Let alone kissing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is good. I gotta say, that does look really good. It is really good. It smells good. It looks like there's coleslaw, maybe, on the bun. Yeah, yeah. Which is a nice touch with uh, probably the Asian flavors. Yes, very nice. Black sesame seeds or something up there. Oh boy, I just opened up the uh, tofu buffalo wings. Got a whiff of the blue cheese. They don't really look like chicken per se, but of course they're not. No. Um, Except cut them open, bite them open. It looks like chicken inside. Stop it, really? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so I've got the sauce, which is green. Let's see here. That's kind of delicious. Yeah, I'm happy to. <laughs> I'm happy to agree with you. That's, yeah. that's kind of delicious. Yeah. This sauce is really good, dude. This is good. I'm. This is good. <laughs> I'm very happy to. Oh concur. boy! To car concur, carne. This is good. Non carne. Yeah. All right. We were talking about uh, your first book, heavy metal movies. You've been working on another book, and we, you and I, have been talking about this one for a while. Yeah. But we're kind of close to the finish line, finally, right? Yes. This is what I'm told by the publisher. So, uh, the new book is called "Going All the Way: The Ultimate Guide to Teen Sex Movie Comedies of the VHS Era." And there were many. Yeah, I've, I've, there's about 350 in the book. Oh, my God. And this run, goes from uh, American Graffiti in 1973 to Dazed and Confused in 1993. Okay. I feel like those are good bookends, and th- it feels of a piece time-wise. Yeah. Uh, because once the internet came around, everything changed. Movies, to me, more than anything. hmm And so this feels like this was the real end of the... Th- you know, these were all theatrically, for the most part, these were at least potentially had theatrical releases. Mm-hmm. And um, so I've been working on this book since 1995. 
No, he not did. every day. Not every day. I first conceived it in 1995, and uh, was this? Be, did you have the heavy metal movie idea long after that? Well, way after that. I had okay. the heavy metal movie idea in 2010. Mm-hmm. The book came out in 2014. And the heavy metal movie idea was it was an as an answer book to an incredible book called "Destroy All Movies: A Complete History of Punks and Film," um, written by a couple of friends of mine from the Alamo Draft House in mm-hmm. uh, Austin. And that book is uh, out of print and very expensive on eBay, but but worth it, worth it. Um, so, yeah, the uh, going all the way book ninety five first came up with it. Pitched it and almost got it published in 1999. And then there was a shakeup at... This was for St. Martin's Press. And that would have been the time to do it. Because, again, one of the things that changed with the internet is you don't get these $50,000 book deals anymore. Right. So that would have been the moment. And the moment didn't happen for me. But uh, weird coincidence was my, my current publisher, Bazillion Points, is a one-man operation. Uh, a guy named Ian Christie who is a uh, great writer himself, wrote a book called uh, Sound of the Beast, The Complete Headbanging History of Heavy Metal, Mm -hmm. and is a uh, serious XM radio host. And at the same time, unbeknownst to me, like this is like uh, Tesla and Philo T. Farnsworth working on television simultaneously (laughs) in America and Russia. He also had pitched this book and almost got it published in the late 90s. So total kindred spirits. Completely. And um, weirdly, he and I didn't know each other until years later via Facebook. He sent me uh, a message. We were just friendly because I love I loved Bazillion Points and I love his radio show, which is called Bloody Roots of Heavy Metal on the mm-hmm. Liquid Metal channel. And, uh, you know, so we were friendly on social media and he sent me a message that said, you will know this. What is the movie? I think it's porno, but I'm not sure. With... <laughs> The cream of wheat guy that comes to life in a 50s kitchen and starts, you know, getting close to the housewife. And I said, that's the film Night Dreams from 1981. Shut up. <laughs> Directed by uh, a man named, his uh, stage name was Rince Dream. He's a Chicago and he lives here now. His real name is Steve Sayadian. And he also made Sounds Cafe Flesh. Sounds like a future Flesh. guest to me. Yeah, well, he made Cafe Flesh, which was a big crossover that it was an explicit X rated film that also had a big art house midnight movie. Uh-huh. Very cool science fiction movie. Um, so, and we just bonded from there. Um, so, and then we, through that, we figured out that he lived in New York in the 90s. He lived in Williamsburg in the 90s when I lived there. And we had a lot of friends in common. We had been to the same parties. We had likely stood next to each other uh-huh. and had never met. And uh, he was in a band. That's so cool. A friend of mine named Dame Darcy who was a comic book artist. Um, had a really weird band called Planet Philly, and he was in the band, and I had seen him a bunch of times and have no memory of him in the band. So, uh, yeah, so that's the story. Now, the current book was slated for June of this year and got postponed. This happened with heavy metal movies also. Because it's a one-man operation, he kind of has to take, you know, take seize opportunities when they come up. So with heavy metal movies... Um, Bruce Pavitt of Sub Pop Records had contacted him and said, you know, I have like 300 photographs of Nirvana, Soundgarden, and Tad in Europe in 1989, and I kept a journal. Would you want to publish that as a book? So So uh, priorities shift. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So so what's happened this time is um, 
he had the opportunity to do four books that came his way. Um, one of which is Erie Vaughn's photographs of uh, Danzig and the Misfits going back to 1981, uh, which is a really amazing yeah, that sounds book. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's an amazing book. And uh, Choosing Death, the History of Death Metal uh, by Albert Mudrian, who was the publisher of Decibel Magazine. And a Link Ray biography cool. that no one has ever written. And um, what's the other one? A History of uh, the Straight Edge Hardcore Scene. So they all sort of skipped ahead of my teen sex book. <laughs> Which I get that, but I also see the value in pushing back your release for the fall. Yeah. Just based on what I know yeah. about your last book. Yeah. This is the book that you might want to gift for somebody. That, you know, and that was another part of it. Yeah. And the whole back to school thing, yeah. right into Christmas. Yeah, I mean, this is something you get for you know your friend who's probably thirty five plus. Yes, yeah. Who you know grew up watching yeah. all the same. It's Porky's Fast Times at Ridgemont High, yeah. Risky Business. Yeah, those are the core. The John Hughes films. Um, Tons of pictures. They were yeah oh yeah yeah a lot rare amazing weird posters which is the. The most fun part of putting the books together is finding the artwork. Speaking of movie posters, just yeah. to backtrack real quick, the Skull Island poster for Kong, I thought it was beautiful, like a 1970s poster. Uh, the Like the Apocalypse Now? Yes. Yeah, that was mind-blowing. I loved it. <laughs> it, it. Had I not liked the movie, I would have been annoyed by it. But uh-huh. since I love the movie, I now love the poster. Absolutely. All right, sorry. It so worked. No, lot, it, lots it, of it images all in the worked. New book. Yeah. And so you almost, you almost reached the breaking point again. Yeah. <laughs> Toward the end, my dear wife, Rachel McPadden, wonderful woman, uh, said, you cannot do this anymore. You will not write another book of this scope by yourself. And I said, because uh, I was so crazy at the end of this book. Just speaking uh, in tongues. Yeah, exactly. Making no yeah. sense whatsoever. But uh, I do have another book idea, and uh, I'm actually going to write it with, I, I've been talking with another author, um, a guy named Dan Budnick, who is a Chicago native, he doesn't live here anymore, who is one of the Bleeding Skull guys. And if you're a horror fan or a fan of freaky, obscure direct-to-video films, Bleeding Skull is the website. Got it. Yeah, and they did a great book, and he has a book on uh, 80s and 90s B-action movies coming out. And Budnick is great. you got to get him on. He's I would great. love to. Hey, have you given up on eating? Are you afraid to eat? I'm a little afraid, yeah. I'm a little afraid. Also, I've been running my mouth uh, talking. Well, I know that, but I, I mean, you just flat out closed the clamshell. You, you yeah. just you well, said, it's so good. <laughs> I, cause I, I made quick work. I mean, not that, like there were a ton of them, but I made quick work of the uh, the buffalo tofu wings. They're really tasty. The, the tricky thing with tofu is it's basically flavorless. It takes on the flavor. It's, yeah. So it's really how you cook it and what yeah. you cook it yeah. with. And they did a really nice job well, with it. And ground control really knows what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that was the real thing. I could eat that again happily. I'm very happy to hear that. And then it's right next door to Damn Fine Coffee, mm-hmm. which is a wonderful establishment. And they have these really good vegan donuts. And I can't think of the name of the bakery. It's like Happy Day or something. But really good vegan donuts. So this is nice vegan row here. So, yeah, your, uh, your hood is making it easy for you to... Yeah, yeah. To follow through on your life decisions. Yes, yeah, exactly. I love, yeah. I love that. <laughs> Including having this beard, so. All right, so it looks like your next book will be out in the fall. Yeah. Cannot wait to read it. And I can't stress Thank enough you. how much I enjoy heavy metal movies. Um, and you're also, the, the things you do in the freelance world uh, always impress me. You've been doing a lot of true crime writing lately. Yeah. It, was that some, an interest 
category for I you? I mean, yeah, just in terms of like you know something sick and weird and gruesome. <laughs> um, but it was just sort of happenstance. Uh, I um, was at Mister Skin for eleven years. I left in 2014 to sort of pursue the freelance life. Still good friends with Mr. Skin. Still love that fella. Um, and just bumping around, and I, I did some freelance for a writer named Christine Colby in New York, and she landed a gig at Crime Feed, which is the daily crime blog of mm-hmm. the Investigation Discovery Channel. And... Uh, did a couple of freelance pieces for them, and a job opportunity opened up, and I uh, dove in, and well, it's been great. A lot of work putting those stories together. It's uh, yeah, it's it's pretty time consuming. <laughs> that, that's legitimate journalism. Like when you, not not to discredit the work it yeah. takes to sit in front of porkies and right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, dissect the, the meaning. I of do it have all. to put on a different hat. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. And a different pair of pants, <laughs> yeah, for for sure, yeah. Uh, but I, I I do enjoy you. I, I I enjoy your writing. I think you do a terrific job. Thank you very much, James. Yeah. All right. So uh, real quick, let's do a quick heavy metal movie recap or horror movie recap. You know, generally what I've seen. Give me a recommendation. Okay. A film from 1982 called Pieces. Do you remember this film? In name only. Okay. A brilliant. Okay, they, they're putting out like these incredible several companies are putting out these blu-rays that you will not believe i get weepy over the packaging and the extras on these things so just because they're so beautifully handled beautifully handled exhaustive so i'm going to recommend two Mm -hmm. the first is pieces which is a uh and the the blu-ray is from grindhouse releasing okay and what's the premise of pieces a well, the tagline says a lot, which is you don't have to go to Texas for a chainsaw massacre. <laughs> so there is okay. a chainsaw killer on a college campus. Perfect. It's one of, I'm going to say, one of the five most insane films I've ever seen. Sold. And without giving too much away, it's the thought, it all holds together, it's hilarious, it's shocking, and... It's not scary per se, but it's so jolting that you do get your, you know, jump out of your seat worth. Uh, Typical of Pieces insanity is there's a scene out of nowhere where a karate guy shows up Mm -hmm. and just starts doing karate moves. And it is, you know, it really takes you to another dimension watching this. You're like, what the hell is going on? Because they're pursuing, Christopher George is the tough guy detective. He's pursuing this killer. Uh, Linda Day George, uh, do you remember that celebrity couple from the 70s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's a tennis pro on this college campus. And, you know, they're out pursuing this killer, and this karate guy shows up and starts, like, just, you know, three minutes of, you know, going through his paces. So when you watch the the Blu-ray, the commentary, you learn things like, what it was was the producer of pieces also did cheap karate movies. He did a lot of the Bruce Lai and Bruce Oh, yeah, yeah, Le- the knockoff guys. The yeah. knockoff guys after Bruce Lee died. So Bruce Lai would be like Bruce L.I. Yeah. And uh, so they had six hours with this guy, with this karate actor. And they said, do you want to use him? They're like, yeah, of course we do. So, so they, they just sh- shot they him on the... Yeah, yeah shoehorned it in. So that's... I will say this. It has, bar none... The final moment is the sickest, most berserk. You will get out, out, you will launch out of your chair and run outside. 
when you see this last moment. Okay. okay. I promise you pieces. Now, the other one is uh, Dr. Butcher, MD. I, that's Medical one I deviant. Know, that's another one I know in name only that I've never seen. So, Dr. Butcher, MD, Medical Deviant. I, I love to say the full title. You have to. With the parenthetical Medical Deviant. Well, of course. <laughs> so, that, I mean, this is a disgusting film, but... Uh, <laughs> What it is, is it, it's a combination of two movies, actually. It's an Italian zombie movie called uh, Zombie Holocaust. Mm-hmm. And it's chopped together with an un, a segment of an unfinished anthology film called Tales That'll Rip Your Heart Out, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so very nonsensical, but truly gross. And it's about Dr. Butcher is this, you know, he's a doctor, he's a medical deviant. You know, he's making zombies and all that. Sure. Really, you you know, but truly a a foul thing and a wonderfully foul thing to witness. The bonuses are mind-blowing because this was a film that did huge business on 42nd Street in New York. And I grew up going to the dozen or so grindhouse theaters. Back when Times Square was seedy. It was was an open sewer of, Uh you know, glorious entertainment. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was all porno theaters, peep shows, and these grindhouse theaters that ran, you know, almost 24 hours a day, tripled features yeah know, anything schlocky horror karate anything like that um dr butcher was one of the major films of that era hmm. 1982 and they promoted it with a thing called the butcher mobile and i i wish i could say i had seen the butcher mobile in person but i didn't uh and what it was it was a flatbed truck and it had big banners on the side that said go see dr butcher at this theater in times square opens friday don't miss it go see it they drove around the city on the back were a couple of horror fanzine editors, two of my great heroes. <coughs> a guy named uh, Michael Weldon, who did a fanzine called Psychotronic, mm-hmm. also wrote two great Psychotronic guidebooks to mm-hmm. movies. And another guy named Rick Sullivan, who uh, I essentially I stole a lot of his personality when I started writing. Uh, he did a thing called The Gore Gazette, which was an incredibly obnoxious and very funny uh, horror movie review uh, zine. So uh, Sullivan was dressed as the doctor, as the medical deviant. Weldon was his victim, and their two girlfriends had bikinis on and were covered in blood, and they went all over the city promoting this on the Butcher Mobile. That's amazing. Now, what's incredible on this DVD is they have footage and photographs of the Butcher Mobile in action. They found Sullivan, who, who went into retirement over... Like some really, I'll tell you off the air, hilariously fishy circumstances. He came out of retirement to talk about the Butcher Mobile. That's amazing. And that uh, that is from Severin Films, S E V E R I N mm-hmm. Films. So, all right, Doctor Butcher, M D, Medical Deviant. Yes, and pieces <laughs> done. Uh, Mike McBeardo McPadden, can't wait for the new book. Thank you for turning me on to vegan food. Thank you for the sandwich that I ate half of. Well, you got a treat when you get home. <laughs> I really, yes, I do. I mean, that, that could be a late dinner. That could be an early breakfast. I mean, you, it could get stuffed down my maw while I'm driving. Too, it's not going to go have bad. A microphone on. Yeah. It's not going to go bad. It's not There's meat. No meat, right? right. <laughs> yeah, it lasts forever. Yeah. That's right. All right. Well, thank you, sir. This was wonderful. Thank you so much, James. This was great.